1: what a gut-wrenching loss that was to the Atlanta Hawks for the Philadelphia 76ers. Welcome to the PHLY Sixers Post Game show. Alongside my partners, as always, Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck, I'm Devon Givens, Bree producing you with us on this ah, tough night. Tough night for the boys as they lose their third straight. We have a lot, a lot, a lot to get into with this loss. The first game of the week for the home team. Guys, fellas, tough one as we broke it down as the game was going on, biting the fingernails, eating donuts and candy, drinking water, throwing stuff in the air. It was a tough one though.
0: I, I think the biggest takeaway for me tonight is I, I might be on DeJounte Murray Island. Now, so <laughs> it was just, you know, a wild game, honestly. I never felt like I had a good grip on, you know, what was happening next, unless you were asking me what's Kelly Oubre going to do next? And yeah. the answer was suck bad. because yeah. he was as bad as he has been all season. Other than that, you know, it's one minute Tobias Harris is the worst defensive player I've ever seen. The next he's making three straight buckets in the mid post. Like it's just super chaotic. It definitely felt like a what I picture as a Hawks game, which is just anarchy yeah. basically.
2: We also learned that the Sixers, without Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey, probably wouldn't win very many games. No Sixers way. were up 132-129 to 129 with a minute 44 left. Did not score then over the last, like I said, nearly two minutes to play. Um, to your point, it was up and down the entire time. I didn't know, outside of Tyrese and Tobias, who you could really rely on. Obviously, you had that stretch with, for Marcus Morris there in the second, or he scored nine in the second quarter. Outside of that, there wasn't a whole lot of contributions uh, that you could, like I said, there was you could make a case that Mo Bamba was maybe your third or fourth best player in this game, concerning what he Certainly did down in overtime. Stretch. He sure, played pretty well. And when that happens, you're probably not getting the greatest contributions up and down the roster. That being said, a lot of people had their moments for sure. Like DeAnthony had moments where he was good. A little curious why he wasn't in there more. I guess probably I a minutes, minutes restrictions. Restriction, you would yeah. assume yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. if he could have played, given you a full tilt probably would have made a a significant difference. Tobias Harris was great offensively, terrible defensively. Like you mentioned, probably the worst game that we've seen from Kelly Oubre. Just infuriating. All the bad things we talked about with Kelly over the offseason today was an example of those concerns. But you had Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, at least on offense, and for a long time, it looked like that might have been enough to carry you through the finish line. And
1: and even when Maxey fouling out, as you talk about that 144, sixes up, He fouls out, and that's where the question is then, who's going to close this out? As good as Tobias Harris was offensively, I think even with him having it going tonight, we still sit there and say, okay, does he have enough in him to bring them home? And once we saw how things were going, you knew the defense was going to start to really funnel to him to make him do something. He had a wide-open three-point opportunity tonight at the top of the key on catching it down three to at least attempt it to try to tie the game up, but he hesitated, didn't shoot it, drove to the basket, Got the shot blocked for all of that. Again, you just sh- should have just forced up the three pointer. So uh, Maxi fouling out was was really big, as we all know. The Melton minute restrictions, because we were wondering once he fouled out, who's going to come in and take these minutes to possibly help Harris to close this one out. Beverly was the one that came in. That's asking a lot for Patrick Beverly to come in and and be an offensive punch, or at least to to run the offense the right way to get it to who to get those points on the board to finish this one out. So uh, a tough one, a heartbreaker, because as it looked in the fourth quarter with the Atlanta Hawks taking the lead, it looked like they were just going to punch the Sixers in the gut and say, that's enough. We've had enough. We figured it out. Trey Young shooting three for 12 at one point. Sixers still in the game. But they took the lead, and it was like, okay, this is probably it. Probably not going to get much more out of this one. But they fought back take the lead at the end of the fourth quarter but as as my, my my teammates here said it's just some some bad Kelly Oubre things from quarter 1 to quarter 4 and then we'll get to overtime to cause them to lose that game where Johnson gets to the gets a driving baseline opportunity off a great pass he gets a dunk either you foul him hard or you let you the two points him go to take You the don't shot. You don't just yeah. like
2: tap him on the top exactly
1: the where he's already just going to flush it anyway and he was having a good game uh Jalen Johnson was so, I thought you were
2: gonna say Kelly I was gonna no, be like whoa that's the first so, time I just so think you you're
1: crazy to the free throw line to you know feel good free throw line knock the free throw down and 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 there's that but just so many things up and down the roller coaster that this game was some good some bad some infuriating and we're gonna break it all down here uh, on this post-game show.
0: I want to point out a couple the comments to Spotlight already. So our guy Furious said... He was furious. We haven't won since the bomb been back, <laughs> LOL. So, you know, you took your little nice nice little vacation again last week. You come back and 0-3 oh, since. And I'm not saying that you're personally responsible I've, for yes. what has happened since, but... Fair you, point. You fucked the vibes up, bomb. <laughs> what's I wrong did. with you? And, I did. You know, we're just messing around. The other thing that before I really lay into Ubre, Kane points out, why did he put Morris in at center at the end of the game? The offensive rebounds killed them. This is one of the first games that I can think of off the top of my head that I was scratching my head a little bit at some of the nurse decisions. I thought end of the third quarter, I know they didn't have good options with a lot of guys coming back from injury, as we talked about Melton on the, the minutes restriction, all that. But they go all bench, end of the third. They gave up some of the lead that started the third quarter into the middle of the third quarter. I thought they played pretty well. You know, Paul Reed had bounced back from a moment in the first half that we'll get to at some point, I'm sure. He had a couple moments, yeah. Yeah, he had a (laughs) few moments in this game. But they were all, you know, kind of moving along with the starters in there. And then to go all bench felt like it took the momentum away from them. Atlanta seizes it back. The rest of the way, it was basically back and forth, back and forth, seesaw type of game. And those are the type of stretches, the type of moments that end up losing you games when you don't have your star player, right? Like the coach has to be just like the players. Like if we're going to sit here and say, you know, Tyrese has got to be at another level, level with Joel out. Tobias has got to be at another level with Joel out. Well, Nick Nurse has got to be at his sharpest too. And I thought, you know, as Kane pointed out, the Morris decision in overtime, the all bench stuff. I thought there were some small decisions he made in that game that ended up having a negative impact. I think certainly contributed to the loss. The all bench stuff is, I,
1: I agree with the the Morris point, uh, which is Kane is talking about. If you remember, Mo Bamba was there at at the center to jump ball in overtime, and that was strictly a 4 height thing to try to win the jump ball because Paul Reed. We figured it wasn't going to play the rest of the way. And Morris, Kane, was the one who had those minutes in the closing part of the game in the fourth quarter after Reed wasn't playing well down that particular stretch. So he was playing well. He, he was doing some good things there. And that's why I think. And so I, I just circle it back to the jump ball. As soon as the jump ball happened, Marcus Morris was at the scores table. And then Nurse pulled Marcus Morris back because of the block shot that Mobamba had and the offensive rebound leading to the Tyrese Maxi three in overtime. So I think he saw it where he got enough out of Mobamba for what it was, and the game was close. And Morris played well in the fifth. So I give him the credit for that. But for your point, it didn't make up really for what happened during that stretch of that that all bench lineup that he went with. And quite honestly, I thought that Mobamba, even after that really good play, Derek, he looked tired. In yeah. that overtime, for that stretch that right there, minutes. of course.
2: I do want to point out: we have a chill guy in the chat saying, "Are we seriously blaming Ubre? He's on a vet men; he shouldn't be out there." Yeah. If you're asking him to do more than he's capable of, then no, you can't blame him. If you're just holding someone accountable for the decisions that they make, then yes, you can you can hold him accountable for those decisions. And look, none of us are out here saying like they shouldn't have signed him. Yada yada yada. We're just pointing out he had a really bad game. And it was like that right from the jump. You know, he lost Bogdanovich in transition. He had a couple of just really horrible, like, contested threes with 16 or 17 seconds left on the shot clock. He had that really bad outlet to Tobias. Obviously, that drive there with 15 seconds or whatever left for the and one. These are decisions that you can't make if you are going to try to win a game. Like, that was a game where you're trying to win without Joel Embiid on the road. You need better from Kelly. So no, I, I don't think any of us are out here asking him to be someone he's not. Like we're not asking him to lead an offense and dish out ten assists and give you thirty on efficient scoring. He just made too many really bad plays, really bad decisions, and it cost him. Like that game should not have gone to overtime.
1: It's- and when you're when you're losing thirty five points in the game, all right, you get the thirty five from Maxi tonight, and you get the bonus of another 22, uh, you know, from, or 20 from Tobias Harris to 32 from Tobias. Well, I just meant the extra for for him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 32 overall. But then you're asking someone else to pick it up. And knowing that D'Anthony Melton was already on a minute restriction, Marcus Morris emptying his clip in the first half to help keep you in it. Yeah, What you're asking from, from Kelly Oubre is to be the scorer that we think that he is with that punch coming off the bench. And that's better than, Chill, the 3-4-12 that he was tonight. Then it was the bad shot attempts with the shot clock. So much time left. The effort just wasn't there. You could see it with him, Chill, watching the game, that the effort just simply was not there the way that we saw Kelly Oubre in the last game where he had 25-plus because he was, in the, he was in a good groove. He was scoring, and you know how it goes. Oftentimes when you're playing well, you you busted for everything, and and this one it just didn't look like the effort was there. The decision making overall wasn't really there, and and that's why we're pointing out that he did not play a good game. Was he the sole reason why he lost? Why they lost the game. No, but he contributed and needed to pick up in other spots to help get the victory there tonight, which was gettable, especially at the end of the fourth and going into overtime.
2: And again, none of that, that doesn't change like what he's done up to this point. That doesn't even change what we expect him to do going forward. But we sit here and we talk about every game and you can't analyze this (laughs) game and talk about this game without pointing out that he made a couple of really bad decisions that hurt them at the end.
0: Yeah, and to both your guys' point, like if you go down the whole rotation tonight, you can pick out some good things that basically everyone else did, right? Like, Tobias Harris, 32-point game, enough said. Tyrese Maxey, nine assists, 35 points, all that. Bo Bamba comes in, gives you good minutes in overtime. Marcus Morris has a good run in the first half, hits some threes. Nick Batum has three blocks, couple of assists, hits a three, gave you something. De'Anthony Melton first came back, gave you a little, little bit of ball handling, some playmaking, a little bit of shooting. That's all well and good. Patrick Beverly hits a couple runners. He had a like a dream shake in the lane <laughs> that you and I were cracking up about them on. So, Jaden Springer has an awesome defensive stretch yeah. at one point in that game. Yep. That's literally almost every guy who played contributed something positive that you can say off the top of your head, that guy did something to help them win tonight. I couldn't sit here and tell you one thing that Kelly did for more than like a play at a time that helped them. and. It went the other way. He was an active deterrent to them winning. As Derek points out, yes, that doesn't wipe away the rest of the season. But if you're sitting here asking me who's one of the biggest reasons they lost tonight, it's Kelly. Like, that's just the reality what happened. Same reason I brought up the Nick Nurse stuff. And I agree with Kane when he brought it up. Like, I Nick needed to be better. Kelly needed to be better. And those guys played a huge role
1: in it's only one loss. It's only one game. But... They played a big role in it, and Chill jumps back in and say, "I'm just saying we should be equally as mad at Tobias as Kelly." No, there are spots and moments that we were mad at Tobias Harris during the game, but it's not equal to what we saw from or didn't see from Kelly. And look, what to if your I gave point, you? Thirty nine. The other I guy know, shot three gave, for eleven. Exactly. Yeah. He picked up <laughs> your scoring that you didn't give tonight because you weren't scoring at your pace. You talk about the two. I could point out two things that Kelly Oubre did good tonight. One was off of a pass from Tyrese Maxey, cutting baseline for the Mm alley-oop. He set him up perfectly. Great finish. Okay, cool. The other was he hit that short jumper that Tobias hit him in overtime there where I'm like, I didn't think he was going to make it, but it was a good... Kyle said it right away. Finally did something good. He made a good shot right there to give them a bucket where, where it wasn't a wasted possession. After that, chill, I mean, I'm just... We're just being honest. Can't point out anything else that was good from from him tonight, and that doesn't discredit anything that he has done positively all season long. We're talking about this moment, this loss, in a winnable game against that team, especially where you had their best player struggling tonight, where you fought back, got positive help from others. He needed to be a little bit better tonight than he was, and he just did not show. Now, he might come out against Sacramento and give you 17 and help lead them to a win, and we will say, you know what? Good bounce back game, Kelly. Of course. But for tonight, he was bad. And that was a big part of why they lost. They lost by seven points tonight, and it was closer than that. Had he done a little bit better, they probably win that game. And take away that foul with the one point, that's probably the difference. Yeah, right I mean, there, butterfly right? effect,
0: and we don't know how the rest of the quarter or the like yeah. minute left in the game plays out if they don't get that free throw. But that was a point that's the difference between
1: a regulation win and an overtime loss. And they got a gift because – Trey Young got fouled and missed one. Yes. Trey Young does not miss free throws. He missed two, one in in, in at the end of regulation and one in overtime, which give them that opportunity. But you have to take advantage of those situations and, and they did not in that spot. There are people in the chat.
0: Chris Tyrone, who says Kelly had nothing to do with that loss. Come on. Yeah. He uh, played 31 come minutes. On. Come on. I have, like, how can you not be involved playing over 30 minutes in a game? Like, even if you're just saying It's not as bad as we're making it out, which, you know, reasonable people can disagree. You can't play 31 minutes and just have zero neutral impact on the basketball game.
1: If he he had nothing to do with the loss in 31 minutes, you need to type a little bit more and tell us who who was the reason why they (laughs) lost this game tonight. Because that don't make me go off like Stephen A. Don't make me, don't <laughs> well, make me. There's no Jason Whitlock in the chat, so I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. If come on, gonna Ty, be better. Come on, come on. Yeah, come on, man. That, that. Nah.
2: I mean, yeah. I don't want to get too distracted by the chat no, no, here because no, no, we have a no. game to analyze. But yeah. like, he was definitely a part of the loss. He definitely had a bad game. It was definitely one of those games where it was like, all right, these were. This was reminiscent of early career Kelly Oubre. And to his credit, it hasn't happened all that often. Like I think he's maybe veered off a little bit here of late, but I think for the most part, he has played the best version that you could have hoped for. It's just he wasn't good tonight, and we have to acknowledge it. He'll be back. He'll be back on Friday. Let's see what he does. They have some big games coming up, one against the Kings. They got the Nuggets coming out. Maybe you want to go see those games. You're going to need to come up with some money. One of those ways to come up with some money is to cancel unwanted subscriptions that you haven't been using. We all want to make sure that you get the most out of your money that you're not wasting money on unnecessary subscriptions. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You can see all of your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap, and you never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com P-H-L-Y.
1: And as you save all of that money and you're getting ready for the game that will be upcoming here in Philadelphia on Friday, Got to tell you about our good friends from Game Time. You want to get a good seat, good spot there in the the arena on Friday night, see them bounce back. Maybe the big fella comes back and you want to see him too. Well, all you have to do is go check out our friends at Game Time. Game Time, of course, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy those tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I know a guy that's going to be in town here. Shortly in a couple of a couple of weeks, I think, that's been on fire on the internet. He's funny. He had a lot of people reacting to his stuff. Maybe you want to go see him. Well Killer deals here with Game Time on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. Flash deals and last-minute tickets. Again, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of the seat, views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, et cetera. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So if you want to get in there quickly on Friday uh, after After you decide, hey, start the weekend off right, let's go see a basketball game. You can do that with Game Time. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will in fact credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress. Because you have game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
0: So, where do you guys want to go next with this? I- I have a semi-controversial take that I actually thought Tobias didn't play well if you factor in defense, because that is maybe the worst defensive game I've seen him play, and he certainly has had some bad ones during Mm -hmm. his career. I get that it was first game back from injury. I get that without Joel Embiid back there, obviously changes the complexion of defense a lot. but. I thought alongside Kelly, there was just a ton of miscommunications, missed rotations, guys beating him on back cuts where he's just not attentive enough. Got beat in isolation by multiple types of players. Like there were times when he's guarding a Kongwu. He got bodied by him. Obviously, it's tough to guard Trey Young for anybody, but Trey Young went right by him. DeJounte Murray went right by him. I can't sit here and tell you like a single good or impactful thing he did on that end of the floor. And then when it was like, look, not his fault, Tyrese Maxey fouled out and he had to try to carry the team in overtime when he's not a guard, he's not a guy who should be running the offense by himself. But then when it's his time, they're like, all right, Tobias, you're having a great offensive game and the ball's in your hands, just like clogged toilet offense in overtime, can't really get a quality shot. And you said it, Devon, while we were watching the game, Probably should have just taken the the three that he had early in the clock on that possession where he drives into the paint and gets the... I think it was a Kangwu who blocked him and looked like one of hundreds of Tobias drives we've seen in the past where he doesn't actually go up to try to finish. It's like a, well, I hope something good happens and like pushes it up and just gets the shot packed by a, a taller, more athletic player. So I don't want to be too harsh on him, but it was it's a deceivingly bad game I think
1: yeah
2: I mean look he's he's the type of player like when when he gets Jalen Johnson one-on-one in early offense he has a chance so he had one yeah. real nice drive uh where Atlanta hadn't gotten their rim protection back yet there was a wide open lane he took him off the bounce it worked but when he, there's a tr- there's traffic there that you it, when there's no beat to Maxi like you're overtaxing Tobias to try to ask him to create that mm-hmm. in the half court against a set defense when they have a chance to load up. That's just not who he is. His defense is, is, is help defense, his team defense, his off-ball defense is usually poor, and tonight was especially poor. But quite frankly, outside of Mo Bamba in overtime and that run from Jaden Springer, I thought pretty much everyone was a disaster defense
0: fan. That's probably true. Like Paul
2: Reed came out, and he had no idea how to defend a pick and roll. He was caught in no man's land, play after play after play. They somehow went to his own on the very first possession in his Uh He gave a a, a a wide open roll to the rim. <laughs> when he was exactly in his zone, he's supposed to be about. in the middle of the floor. Somehow he's <laughs> out on the wing, and it was the easiest points he got all night. <laughs> he was real bad to start. He had some nice finishes around the rim, made up for some of that with his offense, although he had some moments offensively too. Um, but he was bad defensively. Everyone just really struggled. And even Springer, who was probably your best defender, had Trey Young in jail for a little bit there. Even Bogdanovich would shoot over him occasionally because Springer's just a little bit too short. Nobody really had any real effectiveness on that. And
1: and to your point about the Springer-Bogdanovich minutes, there was one shot where he shot over him, three-pointer, and Springer had played good defense, and Kyle blurted it out right there. There was nothing you can do with that one because of the height and the shot-making that was there for Bogdanovich. And as far as Tobias goes, first spot I saw... Uh, that's a uh, really funny one. Flex Hoops says Tobias might be the most blockable slash dunk dunk honorable player in the league. <laughs> and he's not unathletic no, either. Not. That's the
0: weirdest part. Yeah. It's like
1: he that shouldn't happen, but it happens all the time. All the time. All the time. But I, I agree because look, the thirty-two points are the thirty-two points. But when when you're lacking uh, again extra stuff from other people. You do have to pick up in in a lot of different ways. There are two ends of the floor. And the one especially against DeJounte Murray there in overtime would set up that Jalen Johnson three-pointer to give them that that three-point lead to break that tie to force Nurse to call that timeout. That was just like, yo, man, were you going to move your feet at all? Because (laughs) he literally, I I thought he was honestly going to try to just lay it up and reverse it the other way and finish it but he made an- another really good basketball play to kick it to his open teammate on the wing, and he knocked down a three-pointer. Tobias not let him go by, but his defense was not good. The defensive position wasn't good. He didn't wall him off the right way to, to, to force him, while he's forced in the middle, force him into some traffic. Therefore, Patrick Beverly then has to leave his man on the weak side, get to the middle to cut that off. Again, still thought he could have tried to make it, but it may have been a charge because Patrick Beverly is good, but he did the right thing, kicked it out, and that was because Tobias Harris didn't do enough resistance wise to prevent him from getting to the middle of the floor to be a, a shot maker or a shot creator, uh, which he did. So he needed to be a little bit, be- a lot better off defensively on the other end. It's not all him. Sorry, Will. It's not all him, but it was him in this one. So we put them there together because the defense by him just wasn't good enough. So, as as Kyle points out, the 32, and that was really good because he did some things offensively that. It was like, oh, okay, all right, okay, cool. Sustain the offense for long periods of time. But then he disappoints in the overtime where, to Kyle's point, of that three-pointer, getting it blocked by a Okongwu, at least if he shoots that three and he front-rims it, you're probably giving your teammates an opportunity again for an offensive rebound chance to try to get a loose ball, get another opportunity to get a, a basket there in overtime and It didn't happen. He just ran right into the traffic, as Derek talked about, and it got snuffed. It wasn't even close. Don't even know what the hell he was doing and thinking on that drive. Because once he gave himself up from that catch-and-shoot three, he already made himself super guardable. And whatever it was, what was it called on the most dunkable on player, (laughs) whatever he was on the other end, uh, for the lack of defense that he did not put on display there.
2: And while we're on defense... Batum really struggled.
1: He did, But I don't really
2: blame Batum. What the hell is Nick Nurse doing putting him on Trey Young out on the perimeter and asking him to try to deny him 35 feet from the basket? Batum's never been quick. And by the way, he's 35 now, so like it's not getting any better. To ask him to try to deny Trey Young 35 feet from the basket was just setting him up for a backdoor cut. I was really surprised by that decision. Batum actually
0: the other day at practice made a joke where he's like, Yeah, I don't move that well anymore, brother. I got. We saw.
1: (laughs) Nick didn't see it, though.
2: But, like, Batum's whole value on defense is that he's smart and he can see plays before it happens and he good reactions. Well, when you put him out on the island all the way out there, it's like putting your slowest guy at cornerback. Like, what are you doing?
0: So, like, the Eagles. Yeah,
2: well, I mean, this is depressing enough. So, so you
0: brought up Paul Reed a little bit, and I think he has – maybe not so slowly become uh, a real target of scorn for a good portion of the fan base. I think what we've seen through 30, whatever games that we're at now is that, you know, Nick nurse came in and said, I want guys to play with freedom. Like there are a lot of people on this team are going to get to do some things and try (laughs) some things that they didn't in the past. No, from Daniel House Jr., uh, all the way up to Joel Embiid, to Tobias Harris, guys in training camp are throwing Doc under the bus saying, you know, look, the offense, we're just all so much more involved, like we're so happy and all that. I think it's safe to say that Paul Reed is a guy who does not need as much no. freedom as he has. That play where he <laughs> went coast to coast was like, and Nick did do it, but that was the most obvious put his fucking ass on the bench immediately play of the entire season.
2: I will say it was also followed up. He got the ball at the top of the key with like five and a half minutes left oh, in the fourth quarter. And he's sitting there like lining laughing, up a three. I'm
1: laughing as he's getting ready to start saying things because that's the first one that came to mind. He's
2: lining up a three for like five seconds thinking about it. You can see the calculus going on in his head like, oh, I might sit down if I actually take this. But he spent a good couple seconds debating it. No, that Devon and
0: I were sitting there man. like, oh, he he better not take that shot, <laughs> but hey, man, for comedy purposes, it's like
2: oh. <laughs> and I will say, we were. I think Kyle and I were both. Devon wasn't because he was still on his vacation, but Kyle and I were both on the like, hey, maybe this isn't the guy to give all that much freedom to. Like, maybe yeah. you don't want him shooting all that many threes. Maybe you don't want him trying to ISO. And I think we've been right on that one.
1: Hey, yeah. man, that. The first, let's go back to the play where he got the rebound and decided to, Maxie, I got this. Did he even hit the rim on that shot attempt? I'm pretty sure he came off
0: backboard and did not hit the... Yeah. So if somebody has the replay available to them, I, I would say... Hey, Chris says it right here. Wrong.
1: He waved off Max. <laughs> Maxie was right here. He was as close as Kyle is to me, folks. And he just looked at him like, I got this, let's go. It's I'm Paul pushing Reed the break. Time. It's Ben Simmons time right here, pushing the break in the open floor. And then everybody else is expecting <laughs> Expecting him to just give it up. And he kept going. And he kept going. And then as Kyle did he hit the rim? I don't know. He waved as Chris and he waved off Tyrese. And I looked to the bench immediately because I saw Nick Nurse look to his left. Just like, okay, you come in. <laughs> and then who's getting off the bench? Marcus Morris is getting off the bench. And we didn't see Paul Reed. I, to his credit, he started the third quarter and he played well. But man and then you saw as as there was a dead ball tyrese Maxey. i don't know if people saw it in the background tyrese looked at him you know same draft class they're tight him isaiah joe all that yo what were you doing and he was very animated as he's telling him and when he sat down someone else looked at him and talked to him and he, he was like yeah you're right i know but it was too late man he gave us a moment though Hey, can we get a Paul Reed moment of the night? Oh, Forget Marcus yeah. Morris. That was the Paul Reed moment of the night. I mean, folks. in all honesty,
2: that, that might be a much better because like the Marcus Morris moment that was more just making fun of me. The Paul Reed <laughs> moment of, of the night, I feel like is something that can be
1: sustained for as oh, long as man. he's here. But yeah. that three-pointer though. That one. Can we what about the other one? Where he was open in the corner. Remember the one in the corner late in the game? And we were like, oh, he's about to do this one too, because he was wide open. And he passed it up and re, he reset to allow the but okay. That, I, that's enough.
2: Again, I I, I almost <laughs> don't like saying this, but like Nick Nurse has to get him back to the Doc Rivers school. Just set a screen,
0: roll oh, the rim. That's man.
2: all you set a screen, roll the rim, get offensive rebounds. That's all you do on offense. That's it. That's Which it.
0: wrestler was know your role and shut your mouth? Was that uh was that Stone Cold or was that The Rock? I should know I this. I, I was never a wrestling guy, so I think no, that was the rock. It was know your role and shut your mouth. That's I feel like that's probably <laughs> yeah. the approach you need to I mean, take. It really with, is oh, an man. ounce
2: of freedom, and Paul Reed put himself back in jail. He put himself back in the mud.
0: Yeah, he did. And I would he say did. this, man. There have been and more like of these, there,
1: yeah, but
0: there have been I mean, like, more I, of these I, moments, I, and I like. I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that they're not going to bring in. Another big at some point in the next. No, it, it might not I, I, be a but trade.
1: You, but we've talked about this already, where it, it, it that might need to be addressed. It was more of the Mo Bamba part, but now we're starting to see it from both of them, where we started throwing just different names. Of course, the Andre Drummond stuff came up. I think we talked about Kelly Olenek because we were talking about the Utah Jazz and Lowry marketing a little bit about Jordan Clarkson and and it's it's um yeah it's it's tough. they might have to really address it yeah Joel's gonna play forty minutes in the playoffs, but you're gonna also have to get by with maybe eight to twelve occasionally and as good as Marcus as good as, as much as they trust Marcus Mars to play those five minutes we also know that's not the that's not the option that you want. it's the op- option that he had tonight because the other two just weren't getting it done enough and he was on the floor with Batum, so they were trying to figure it out between the two to see if he can at least hold things down and, and, and figure it out and, and see how they can get by those center minutes and hoping that the guys that were scoring were really just going to make a, a nice run to give them a little bit of a cushion. But it just it just did not happen. You know who else needs to figure it out? Who needs to figure it out? Me, pronouncing
0: the word bagels, apparently. Uh, we need some bagels on the table tonight, man. You
2: don't, though, because you're right. It makes, it <laughs> makes these so. ad reads memorable. The people love it. Yeah.
0: But listen, I know you guys will love oh, our man. friends at Bagels & Co. because Bagels & Co. offers huge Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philadelphia. I eat bagels several days a week, and Bagels & Co. offers an average of around 15 to 20 types of bagels. They rotate seasonally. They had a christmas theme one around the holidays, don't know what they've got cooking up right now. Maybe something Cupid themed, Valentine's bagel, What, whatever it might be. They got some themed stuff. And if you're a cream cheese guy or gal, I certainly am. They offer 30 different flavors of cream cheese that rotate throughout the year. It's worth mentioning they do themed cream cheeses as well. They do them for all the local sports teams, wherever they're in the market. That includes the Sixers. That includes the Eagles. Wanna well, you get your hands on that Eagles cream cheese before the Eagles are done for the year, I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer or anything, but <laughs> just worth thinking about with our uh, a watch boys. party coming yeah. up, <laughs> by the way. And just as important as that variety is the affordability at Bagels and Co. Because they've kept their prices down while inflation keeps going up, gang, so that you can be an everyday customer, not just someone who comes in for a weekend splurge. They even offer premium coffee at an affordable, superior price to most national brands and chains, so you have no good reason not to go to Bagels & Co. For the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philly, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. All right.
1: We have a lot of other things to get to here. Probably tonight. a good
2: time to mention that watch party since oh, you yeah. reference it, though. Yeah. Uh, 745 on Monday at uh, Wicked Wolf. There will be a watch party.
1: It's a busy day on it's Monday. Six is at one o'clock. I was yeah. gonna say
0: we can actually go to this because I don't know that I can't speak for all of us. I will probably go to it. No, because, but let me know. If, yeah. we, if we're gonna do it, we do. Yeah. So united. Front. Well, I do, yeah. we
2: just let you know. So there you go. I
0: just let you know live see, on in see real how, time.
2: See how
1: he yells at me, folks. This you is see. about as
2: this is about how the, the, the show prep goes too. <laughs> fuck it. We'll
1: just do it live. Just <laughs> do it Bill live. Reilly, fuck it. <laughs> so what time is it? What time is the watch party? Seven forty-five. Seven forty-five. How you feeling? Feeling about the mean, birds? I we don't
2: need to. I'm hiss- not feeling great. <laughs> right. This has
0: been depressing enough. No, man,
2: you gotta, I feel you know, real good about
0: the watch look, party. Listen, those drinks at Wicked Wolf will make yeah. all the pain go away. So, team, it's like I said,
2: if you have to team suffer bonding. through watching that defense, I at the very least want to have drinks in hand with friends around.
1: It. Team bonding, folks. Team bonding experience. So you might as well. Uh, get out there, birds, Tampa. Melissa
0: Traps is so mad
1: tonight, he's even
0: mad about the ads that we're reading. Come on, man. We oh. got to keep the lights on somehow, buddy. <laughs> like, I, there's a reason we're here. Come on.
2: And by the way, there's a lot of light shining on our
0: face. Listen, we need it. I need anyway, the... Uh,
2: 745 Wicked Wolf, 12th and Chestnut. Can
1: we also talk about the great gear that we have? Uh, oh, yeah. we got we, some, uh, some new merch traps. Some drops, new right? merch. You see the, the hoodie that Kyle has on? Of course, these are the originals. Wow with the uh the the mascot the nuck there phly it's a great hoodie but we also have some cool new hoodies it's hoodie season you can see it on the screen if you're listening go make sure phlylocker.com check it out you got the birds hoodie you got the sixers hoodie you got the phly sixers podcast hoodie the same for the birds now, with the uh, Mishkoff hoodie for the Flyers side of things, we have some great merchandise there. The hats are available. We don't have them on right now, but there they are right there on the screen. The dad hat, the uh, trucker hat, the flat brim, and the golf hat. We own three of those hats right there. Hopefully, you can get in there. And There's get, some more ads for you, get, that's right. Put that in your pipe and that's smoke right. it. That's right. And go buy a hat or a hoodie. Go, go support. <laughs> Hang out with this, uh with the cool merchandise. So make sure you go phlylocker, dot uh, right, Anyway, let's go. Tyrese Maxey was good tonight. He was real good. I thought he, was he had real a good. real
2: good floor game too. Like yes. a bunch of real good dump off passes, bounce passes. Um, I thought he had it. Besides the thirty, what did he end up with? Five. Thirty five. Thirty five. I thought he and he had like one moment where there was like he had two turnovers in the span of like forty five seconds outside. of in the that, first he was half. Real good with the ball. Uh, like I said, just a real good floor game, creating shots for others. I really like the way he The
1: played. only negative that uh, we all talked about was that you could still see something is up with the three point shooting, where whether it's fatigue, the you know the legs, he's he's thinking too much about it. He he didn't take one three pointer in the second half, where Tyrese Maxey typically takes the three pointer off of a off of a catch or a step back three. But then he redeemed himself with the three-point shooting that he had late in the game. Again, the offensive rebound by Bamba to find yep. him on the wing in overtime. But before that, the big shot over DeJounte Murray, deep one there in that, in that uh, fourth quarter to give them that, what was it, five-point advantage? Four-point advantage uh, at that point. And the guy, he, he, that's the only negative I, I have for Tyrese Maxey. Other than that, the floor game was phenomenal. His attacking the rim, recognizing who he had on him, uh, defending him, whether it was they were hunting, of course Trey Young because of his poor defense. But if he had Sadiq Bay, Dejounte Murray, it did not matter. He was going at them. Forrest coming in the game, Bogdanovich. It did not matter. He saw he saw a green light every time those players were in front of him, and he took advantage of it. I thought he was real strong tonight. Good bounce back game. So I would say here are the two sides of it. I I
0: think there were there was some tunnel vision
1: at the end of the game.
0: That I wasn't thrilled with, but at the same time, it's like, that's your best player available tonight. I'd rather him have tunnel vision and take too many shots than like defer, defer, defer. And I have to live with like, is Marcus Morris going to hit a three or, and he hit a bunch of threes tonight. So that's no dig at Marcus Morris. I just would rather live with the best player you have live and die with him. So that's great. On the playmaking front, I said to you during the game, Devon, when it happened. The one turnover he had, that he tried to throw a skip pass that Bogdanovich read. Yeah, I was honestly happy to see it. Like we we talked Derek and I before you got here, Devon, about the growth Tyrese has to make as a playmaker. I like how we have to that. point out every every yeah, time it's just like that topics he wasn't that we're yeah. revisiting. So <laughs> we can revisit it. Good so, content. <laughs> we talked a lot about sometimes. Or a lot of times with young guards, it's okay if they're high turnover players early in their career because what it says is they're trying to make advanced passes and they're making high level reads. They might just be, you know, getting a little too bold with the type of passes that they're making. And they have to learn all right, where's the line between aggressiveness and, you know, running the offense and playing it safe? And to see Maxi try to throw that skip pass and throw a lot of passes tonight, you know, little dump offs, drop offs, but also wraparound passes, kick outs on his drives where he's sucking in the defense and then he's hitting a guy who's wide the hell open. It shows the maturation process he's already gone through this season with those on ball reps. And I think he only, he ends up with nine, nine assists. Yep. Probably could have ended up with at least a few more with some better shot making. So totally agree with you that I thought the floor game was awesome. I thought that was a big reason he was able to get by without the outside shot for a lot of that game, hit some threes late that gave them a chance to win. But I loved seeing him figure out a way to keep them in that game and looked like he was going to potentially win that game for them if he hadn't fouled out, I know there's been a lot of discussion about the the refs, obviously, in the, yeah. the chat and elsewhere. I will say this, not going to be well-liked for this one. His sixth foul was a foul. It, it was a soft foul for being his sixth foul in an overtime game, but that's a call that Joel Embiid gets
1: basically every single game. I thought the fifth foul was more questionable just because he went straight up. They said his leg hit Trey Young. No, Trey Young hit his leg because he was trying to Eurostep to avoid him. That was the one that I questioned see, more than the six. Family. I
2: do think on that six one, Trey was leaning in a little bit with the shoulder. I think he initiated some of that contact. Now, I don't think Maxi was in perfect position. So you can see that there's a, a little bit of a question there, but I'd have to go back and rewatch it. I, it was certainly when you factor in overtime star ish level player. Uh, I would have liked to see a no call on that one. I, I understand a gripe, even if by the letter of the book, it might have been a foul.
1: And if the star is going to get it, the other all-star who has the reputation already is I most likely going to get it. I think in, in that it.
2: moment, like, it didn't, even if, if, if I, I agree, regardless Let him play of who initiated the contact, I don't think it affected anything. Let him play. Let stars play.
1: Elicit uh, Trap says, that was not a foul, bro. Which one are you talking about? Because we just laid out both, the sixth or the fifth. I'm sure it's the six. The, the six? six is the okay. one that people are mad. Okay. But
0: like, look, that's the one that Joel gets two or three times a game. Yeah, but if Joel
2: is going up against against Anthony Davis, I bet you he doesn't get that call.
0: I mean, they they beat the Lakers by so much that uh, there's no real <laughs> <laughs> no real proof of concept for if, that. If this that, season, okay. If that was Jokic,
2: I bet you Embiid doesn't get that call with two minutes left in overtime.
0: Which is like to me, it's stupid. Like I. I am in agreement with you that in that spot, especially don't call it. I would go a step further and say, I don't want to see that foul called. I don't think that that's like a, what Tyrese is doing there is sliding his feet and moving with Trey and trying to do the right thing. And for marginal contact like that, to be a foul, would it hurt Joel if they didn't call that? Yes. Would it be better to watch? Of course it would. Uh, So we're in total agreement there. All I'm saying is, if if we're bitching about this one, go back and look at the comments when Joel got that call on like Dean Wade in the Cavs game, <laughs> and Cleveland fans had a stroke talking about how it's not a foul. It's it happens all the time and it gets caught a foul
1: often, but probably more often than I would like. And uh Alyssa Traps said he was talking about the sixth, like you mentioned. And Ike says the fifth foul was BS, like we also talked about, because again, he just went straight up to prevent him from he was protecting the rim. His leg clipped him. He Euro stepped to try to get around him to try to get a shot off. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Because we did have and I was going to go here, but we had a good question from Sam. Says, well, what about the end of regulation when Tyrese spun on on, Tra- on Dejounte Murray? I think it was and and, hit, and hit lost down, the ball off, off, his off his leg his whatever, and went out yeah. of bounds. He I thought he was a foul. I'm at, I was I about to ask I you. I didn't
2: see contact, and I went back and watched it a couple plays, but we're also. Didn't necessarily have a great angle on it, but I didn't see obvious contact. Let me put it that way.
1: I thought to your question, I thought Trey Young actually, when they showed the replay from what I saw, I thought Trey Young got ball okay. for the first time in terms of his defense. I thought he got the basketball, and then it went off of off Tyrese Maxey. My thing was when he spun, I thought he should have kept the dribble one more one more dribble. It's it's easy for me to say sitting there watching it especially when the defense closing on him, you know it's the last few seconds, not a lot of time. I think it was what, like a second left after the ball went out of bounds. So I understand what he was doing, but it was just one of those things of if he could have kept it one more dribble, he probably would have gotten a a better opportunity to get a shot off, maybe even get fouled and get to the free throw line. Yeah. Okay,
0: so should we make our official pitch for the Sixers to trade for DeJounte Murray after that game? Folks, this was the
1: one I was waiting for because (laughs) it was fun to watch the game. I always watch it with these guys, uh, whether it's a home game, road game. And Kyle's sitting there. We're looking at each other. He makes... Like two threes, I think it was, and we're just like, all right, you know, whatever, because he wasn't playing all that well offensively to that point.
0: He had smoked a couple layups
1: yeah. that he should have made, but yes. then he hits one where he gets he hits a corner three, he gets fouled, and yeah, guess who fouled him? By the way, yeah, Kelly Oubre, correct. Um, <laughs> just to, to enhance the points we've been making, and and he also hit the, the 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 big point was the catch and shoot threes that we talk about, and I saw people already in the chat speaking about. Maxi and Murray would be a nice backcourt, et cetera. So, Kyle, you were talking about maybe buying some real estate there on the island. So well, let's start with you, man, because he did, for what we talk about offensively as a secondary scorer, especially with Trey Young struggling, he did play well tonight, especially on the catch-and-shoot threes. Well, look, like that game is an example of, at least offensively.
0: That's a high-end outcome. For that's him. That is an example yeah. of like if... If you want Murray, you just point to that game and say that's the proof of concept because. But well, it's not an average game well, for the shot. I'm Clearly. saying that, Five that of is seven a, from three tonight.
1: That's
2: the third most threes he's made all season. He's only had seven games with more than three made threes. My point is, this is an outlier game.
1: Yeah, but but you but you're, it's an outlier. But you're also not asking him to make the five. You're probably asking him to make three. I mean, I'd love in, for in the him to game, make five. if you're looking at him, well, that would be great. Yeah, you'd probably be. I'd love the to have percentage. a guy who takes seven threes. Yeah, playing yeah. Next and, and more than in. often, he's probably going to make three, two, three out of those seven. He's probably going to do that.
2: Uh, sure. All right. If, if you completely buy the shot this year, then yes.
0: Okay. But so some of it is about the right? Like yes, you see the catch and shoot. You see him able to take guys off the dribble, get his own shot. Now, there was some real struggles in the fourth quarter <laughs> and overtime. We don't have to talk about some of the the runner attempts that either barely hit the rim or missed everything. Certainly had some ugly moments, but there's enough secondary creation or at times primary creation that he was able to keep the offense moving along. He's able to, when he hits shots like this, he can play next to anybody, obviously. But to me, the more important thing is the thing that we keep hammering, it's that you put Tyrese in a position where not all his threes are pull-up threes, are step back threes, are sidestep threes, so you can get him in that catch and shoot role more often. And you're not saying that you need to trade for a Murray level player or above for that to happen. I just think that you can see some of the justification for why you'd hunt for a real creator rather than a couple of role players where Tyrese is still the clear cut number two at all times, no deferring, no, no, none of that. I just would like to see a trade, perhaps multiple trades where there's at least the option to use Tyrese in a different way and to get him going a little bit so that he's not so reliant on driving into the trees and drawing free throws and doing all that, which I love seeing him do. But if the three-point shot's not there because he's taking these crazy difficult shots, there's got to be a way that they can use him to manufacture points. We
2: are all in agreement that they need another creator to help Tyrese out. I'm not sold that DeJounte is that creator. And look, he was really good tonight from beyond. He's been really good this season from three. He was a 33% three-point shooter on nearly 1,100 attempts before this season. The... 200 or so that he's taken this season. I have, honestly, I have some point between now and deadline. I will go back and I will watch every three he's attempted this year and see if I can convince myself that this is more than just an unseasonably hot shooting stretch. Unse- unreasonably hot sh- half season. Cause that happens pretty often in this league. Mm-hmm. I need to buy that. This is the new DeJounte Murray to be a fit next to Tyrese Maxey. Tonight- I am in full agreement that they need another shot creator, whether that is a wing that you can put in pick and rolls or a guard that can, you know, run some offense, yes, I agree. They need that. I need a little more evidence than tonight to buy. Oh DeJonte come on, one game's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, honestly, like if if I bought that he was a thirty-eight percent three-point shooter right now and that you could actually run him off-ball, then yes, I would like that archetype of player. I'm fine with. I just need to be able to buy into that shot.
1: And I I think that. Of course, this one's an outlier tonight with the outside shooting and all because he still still blew a few layups where it's like, come on, man. Well, And know. that's also
2: part of the problem, too. If that outside shot isn't there, then he's very reliant on that pull-up mid-range jumper. Then he's very reliant on floaters at the basket. And that's not an archetype that I want to put next to Tyrese. So I, I, I have don't. to buy not only a catch-and-shoot three, but an off-dribble three from DeJounte. And, and, like w-
1: and watching him enough where we've seen him over the years, for me, when I watch his pull-up jump shot right around 17, 15, 17, it, it never seems clean where he's just going up and shooting it. It always looks like he's shooting it with a little, with a little double pump to shoot it because he's not a natural shooter to that point right. from that spot where that could get in the way. Well, he's not a natural shooter. I'd say no, th- generally, no. like the fact that he is even as good
0: as he is, is a testament to the improvements he made. Cause that was the, the reason he fell like he did in the draft. Cause everyone was like, look, this guy's a great athlete, good defensive player, playmaker, all that. But everyone was like, Guy can't shoot worth a damn. So like, or and we don't believe it can be fixed. So to get to this point it is a testament to he has put in a lot of work. But this point is still, to Derek's point, is still only at a certain threshold where you don't really trust him as much as you would like to, especially if you're going to move real draft capital, real stuff to get him and then pay him, you know, twenty five plus million dollars for the next few seasons. Look
2: and and a lot of this comes down to like it's not like would Murray make the Sixers better? Yeah, he would. Yes. Sure. You'd put him in as a number of of slots and he would improve the team. Mm -hmm. It's just is he worth all the other is is the opportunity cost of what he would take in terms of draft capital, in terms of salary, the one you want to go all in for? And like I said, I need to buy that shot in a big way.
1: But the other guy who as we were talking about him, the other one that was doing his work that we talk about as a trade possibility also was Bogdanovich doing the Bogdanovich stuff mm-hmm. that we've been speaking about over the last couple of weeks, where he came off the bench. He was seven for sixteen. Didn't look like he had bad shots though, especially. And he the ones was that he one made. for eight from three, yeah, too. So but they, like it, everywhere it didn't else didn't he was on impact, fire. It? I, we know he only made one, but it didn't leave that impact, right? <laughs> it, it just seemed like he had a much better shooting performance, but that's why you talk about
0: but Bogdanovich. But to your point, it's like he's one for eight from three. And that means he went six for eight everywhere else. So, (laughs) you saw the off-ball utility, right? Like, he back-cut guys a couple times. He hit some tough mid-range shots. And that's why we have all preached, like, he'd be a good addition because the offensive versatility is there. And when the outside shot isn't there, he's still able to get to, you know, a respectable night there. I even thought you saw some, like, some playmaking stuff from him. Some, like, nice lobbed passes into a Kong Wu, some nice pocket passes. Like a, he's a very good, very versatile offensive player. And I think he'd make a ton of
1: sense here. And that one made me and watching the game tonight want him more because I'm still of the belief that they probably won't get that bigger name. Yeah. Bogdanovich is a big name because of how long he's been in the league, the production offensively of who he is and what he has done from Sacramento to Atlanta. And we'll see what happens by the trade deadline. But watching that again just kind of lays out why you guys talked about it. First, I'm jumping on the back end of it, of that makes sense if they are able to, if, if they decide, if Landry Fields, who is the general manager now of that team, if he decides that they are going to start. Makes you feel old, man. <laughs> if they're going to make some moves and he is one of them, that would be a target that I think, of course, would definitely help because of the versatility from his frame to the outside shooting, the the playmaking, playing with someone like Joel Embiid there where it's not Capella, where you have to set him up every time. Okongwu has gotten much better offensively, but you still have to set him up if it's not an offensive rebound. You still have to do things for him. A lot of when we talk about these players coming in, for me, we always speak about playing with Maxi and Embiid. I focus on the fact that they're going to be playing with him, and many of these players have not played with that guy because they are not. That's why he's so special, because there are not a lot of him, Joel Embiid, I'm speaking of, in this league, and you look at what he brings, Bogdanovich, playing in an, in an offense, obviously with Maxi and whomever else will be there, but Joel Embiid, specifically the space that he's going to have, it would be amazing. So that just this game tonight, as good as Murray was, it's still the Bogdanovich piece where that that seems more likely and one that would fit just as good.
2: Yeah, and and Spencer in the chat basically saying like, what would the opportunity cost actually be? Noting that free agency looks weak, especially now with uh, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George probably being off the board. Uh, well, if you've been listening, like we we think free agency is sort of like a last resort. That being said, like there is a very active trade period at the draft. And because at that point, the six would have essentially up to five first round picks that they could trade. um, And cap space, they can absorb salary into in a trade, not cap space. Isn't just useful as a way to sign players, but as a way to facilitate trades as well. When you have cap space and five picks to trade, there is an opportunity to make deals. Now, what could that mean? That's, what's going to make this very, very tough. If you see here at the deadline, you go, all right, there's someone like DeJounte Murray or somebody like Bogdanovich. They can help us make the stretch run. Now, they're not necessarily either a good enough player or a good enough fit to be like the obvious, yes, let's go in for this guy kind of player do you want to bank on somebody else becoming available in a trade in June or July? It's a very tough decision to make because there is a lot of uncertainty. You can't look there and say, Oh, we're going to go target Kawhi or we're going to talk about George. There's probably not going to be someone like that available. Probably not going to be able to target OG now because he was traded to New York. uh, And his, his agent's father runs the team. Um, There's a lot of uncertainty and that's going to be a, like that is why Daryl gets paid to big bucks because he is not just projecting like I can look at a, free agency list and go pick and choose my guy. He has to sort of like predict who will become disgruntled, who will become available, which team will underperform, which star that we're not even talking about now could become available in June or July and make that calculus in his head. He is in a, a for a, a guy who has a, a MVP, uh, another all-star three to five draft picks to trade, depending on when they make that deal and cap space. He has a lot of flexibility, but he also has a lot of responsibility and a lot of uncertainty to
0: deal with. And our guy furious with the super chat is really on the Murray train says Murray averaged nine assists in San Antonio. He can definitely play make. I'd rather have a willing three point shooter than Toby. He won't even shoot. Well, the willingness we're all in agreement on that. Like we harp on that all the damn time. I do think like, as much as I'm saying, this is the game, go get Murray, all that. Like Derek's points are fair. Like, do you want to move? I'd say if I had to guess, if Atlanta moves him and it looks like they're going to, it's going to require two firsts. Is that fair? Probably. Two. Yeah,
2: one of them might be like protected, where it might be uncertainty on when or how it will convey. But yeah, probably like one legitimate first and one protected first.
0: Yeah. So let's say you move two firsts,
2: and the key is if one of those is that unprotected Clippers pick, then that really limits what else you can do. Yes.
0: Yeah, so then you could you could be down to either one pick to move one real pick to move or potentially zero, depending on how that trade plays out. And if you make that move, you have to be super, super confident. Murray is the guy. He is the third piece that is going to take Joel Embiid and Tyrese Maxey from, you know, that's a very good team, but probably is on the outside looking in on the real contender list right now to that contender list. And, I don't think we can, I don't think anybody would sit here, including Murray fans in the chat and be like, yeah, that's absolutely like no doubt the move. And I understand we sit here all the time and say, well, this guy's got flaws. This guy's got flaws. And it seems like we just say, well, they can't trade for anyone. No, that's not true. I think our big thing is just like, there is risk. Every door you open that is available to them right now comes with pretty considerable risk. It's because they made a lot of poor decisions over the years long before Daryl Morey arrived that box them into where they are right now, but it makes this next month leading into the deadline. And certainly the six months or so before free agency in July A really fascinating time period for this team.
2: And really, I mean, Kyle and I are sitting here poo-pooing all the potential trade targets because we're just sitting here trying to get Devon to talk his cousin into Jock (laughs) Vaughn being an idiot so then we can get the guy that we actually want.
1: Are you guys going to sit and watch the second half with me tomorrow after we're done? (laughs) They've got a 1 o'clock game tomorrow. Tomorrow? Paris game.
0: Oh, Oh. I
1: forgot about that. Yeah, Paris game. So by the time we're done... We will probably be here. Well, I might
0: be pulling a Devon and uh, not showing up tomorrow (laughs) because we already talked about this before the show. We'll
1: we'll see. It'll be like a big surprise reveal. Uh, But no, to to, to the point of what they may or may not do by the deadline and the Murray availability, a couple of things that happened even today impacts the offseason already because whether you felt like Paul George or Kawhi Leonard were going to be on their radar or having the opportunity to get them, Kawhi Leonard signs an extension with the Clippers today. There were already there were already reports that Paul George and his people are in conversation with the front office to also do the very same. Seeing a report from Pascal Siakam where he wants Supermax. Well, not Supermax, but he
0: wants big money. He could potentially get a Supermax from Toronto, but he's yeah. got to make All-NBA this year. Right. And then and he's locked us- in in Toronto yeah. as well.
1: So to to what the guys are laying out. And again, out.
2: that would be only Toronto that can offer yes. that. It can't even be a sign and trade. It has to be Toronto.
1: The summer with all these big names, there's potentially two right there that will be off the board before we even get there.
0: Yeah, the Kawhi thing came... Kind of out of nowhere, right? That was a
1: three years. I think he got
0: extended three years over
1: 152,
0: something like that. Might be misremembering the exact details.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, look, I don't think any of us really thought they were a high probability to leave L.A. Like they weren't at the top of my I'm not going to say priority list, but they weren't at the top of my mind because I just assumed they were going to stay there. But, you know, weird shit can happen. you were kind of hoping some weird shit would happen in L.A., uh, they've been playing good basketball, and I guess it's enough to keep them around.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see about um, Dejounte Murray. See what happens. Bogdanovich and funny Dejounte Island. So I'm, I'm a resident for at Ka- least Ka- right now. There. I'm
0: renting an apartment on Dejounte Island. No we'll flag. Just that. Just the apartment. Just running. Just just running. We'll see. All I'm right. Looking. I might be talked out of it by uh, a buddy of mine was a his more serious <laughs> friend, you know. <laughs> a,
1: buddy, a buddy of mine was his, his, and Ben Simmons' trainer. If you remember, they trained because they were both clutch. Yeah, uh, my buddy JC uh, worked both of them out, of course. And at that time, he was like, "The Sixers need to draft both." He wanted both of his guys. And look, they he had what? 30? They had this because, of because 24, the, last and, pick in the was twenty four and twenty five or twenty five and twenty six that they picked. those was a furk on Corgois yeah, 20, and 26. Yeah, and twenty six. And they had an opportunity to. I
2: loved TLC, but I may have been swayed because of those jerseys that Mega Lex wore. Oh, the you, pink and were, green. Those were yeah. absolutely incredible, <laughs> and it might have distracted me from how
0: little basketball skill he had.
1: Yeah, man. Well, we'll see. By the it's way, we've had a we'll lot of chatter
0: about I'm the Jazz beating up on Denver tonight on national TV? TV. Oh, did they? They just well, talked a little it's, bit. It's ongoing, but oh, yeah? friend of the pod, Mark and Probably. I don't know what the lightening up is right now, but no, he's only two for five. Wow. Is, oh, is Clarkson trade, trade by? He's down. <laughs> go get him. <laughs>
1: what's 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 Clarkson doing? What is, what is he doing? Oh, I, uh, I, I need to know.
0: He's seven for nine. There you go.
1: Kyle written an apartment on the Clarkson. No, Island. No, oh, no, come no. on, man.
0: Jordan Clarkson is not playable in the playoffs. He can't <laughs> defend my grandmother. Just rest her soul. But yeah, I, I am not going to be renting any property on, on <laughs> Jordan Clarkson Island. I
2: don't know like someone like Tyus Jones can defend the playoffs either, but he'd cost you way, way, way less.
0: And is, yeah, is not going to be on the payroll next year right. either, which is a important thing. All right, fellas. It, it's about that time. About that time. It's, it's 1130. Olenic. My computer's about to die right Seven now. I'm going to get man. to a charger. Kelly O'Linick, there you there go. You go. Back up. Are you on Olinick Island? I don't know. Maybe I should stop saying island with all the yapsy uh, and I, I stuff. Rented, I know? rented a room.
2: I think we can still talk about <laughs> yeah, islands. I don't think that guy <laughs> ruined islands
0: forever. Listen, there's between Aaron Rodgers and I. Just I don't. We're, we're good. No island
1: probation on islands. No, no island. No, uh, we just rent some space. <laughs> we just rent some space in these places of where we want these. Everybody, yeah. thank you so much. And he also had places in like Florida too.
2: Can we not talk about Florida? I mean, again, yeah. that might I'd be a prefer good not rule to too generally,
0: but you know as right, i say who, who all the time everybody there? who do we have thank you so much for being here love you guys being here at 11:35 on a wednesday evening that's amazing my guys and gals dan mcglade brian knight weebay bootzilla Kane, furious two minute warning Al, What up, Al? our guy no apb this episode because we know he's with us sb cole money mar hypothetical man illicit traps r smith there was a guy earlier. I wish what I could up, get name. It's too far. DeCleva, Spencer, Furious again. I'll, I'll give you a second shout out, Furious, because yeah, give us a super, super chat. chat. Super Coleman chat. Potts, our guy, Carlton Hudson. Pots and Potts and Pains. <laughs> <laughs> there was somebody towards the beginning of the stream that had, I don't think I'm going to repeat his name. We had Chris Telsma, Jake M, <laughs> Liam Stevens, Misremembered 7-2. Elicit Traps again, because he's been all up in the <laughs> yeah. chat tonight. Thank you guys so much for being with us here. As I always tell you, please, if you haven't, hit that subscribe button. And if you hit the bell icon, ding, love the ding from the Von, you will get notifications each and every single time that we go live. And if you hit the thumbs up button on this video, it'll give me a nice warm and fuzzy feeling inside. Warmer and fuzzier than this hoodie gives me, and this hoodie gives me some great warm and fuzzy feelings. So That's at
1: phly.com. If you like that hoodie, phlylocker. Get it P-H-O-Y right. phlylocker.com. Don't, don't, no, say on, don't on, even say it. Don't even say it. There's two
2: websites there's all phly.com and there's phlylocker.com. phlylocker.com does not exist, Devon. Oh my
1: god. I'm my bad, Derek. I'm sorry. It's 1137, man. All right, everybody. We will see you tomorrow. <laughs> Have a good rest of your 30 tomorrow. We'll catch up.
0: Silly like the mayor.